Hey, everybody, before we get started, I just had to come on and prepare you for this mind-blowing, heart-expanding episode. This is definitely one of the best, if not the best, conversations I've had. Um, Podcasts, conversations, um, just, wow, like, you're in for such a treat, and we're going to get into it. (laughs) I just wanted to give you a heads up um, that you're probably going to want to re-listen to this one. And if you are a heart-centered leader, a conscious entrepreneur, um, a coach, anyone who just wants to do business differently, like this conversation is going to be incredibly helpful. Like if you don't align with how the Western Western world or capitalism t- tends to sell things or force things, or just the, the fear behind marketing a lot of the time, this is going to be very helpful for you. So you can see that there's a new way that you can do business and build your ecosystem and community and that you don't have to do it a certain way. So thank you so much for being here. If you haven't already, please subscribe. Please um, share this with a friend, a a friend that's a coach, a healer, an entrepreneur, whatever, because people need to hear this. Uh, This can truly impact the world in a big way. And thank you so much for being here. And you're going to hear me talk about this in the podcast, but I just launched a brand new group coaching program. And it's already so cool to see all these beautiful humans that are going to do business in a, in a new way by being themselves, by sharing their gift and their medicine that is unique to the world. So if you want to learn more about the coaching program, if you are a coach, a healer, or artist, and you just feel stuck, you feel like you're not maxing out your full potential, you haven't started the business yet, or you have started the business, but you feel like you're just stuck and you're not where you're at, you're at with money or with you know expressing yourself fully, on social media, in whatever capacity. You just feel stuck. No matter how hard you try, there's this invisible barrier in your way. This is the program for you. And there's a community waiting for you to to welcome you with open arms and support you along the way. So thank you all so much and enjoy this combo with Aaron. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to The Fear Alchemist. I'm your host, Ben Harris. And today we have the incredible Aaron Rose, who... Man, I don't even know how to introduce this person <laughs> because multifaceted, multidimensional in so many of the ways. So Aaron, I know you're living in the mountains in an undisclosed location right now, but <laughs> if you were to meet a random cougar in your path, how would you introduce yourself? Mm. Yes, I am indeed multidimensional and I I feel like the the further I go on my path, the more... I'm okay with people misunderstanding me and the more I'm okay with letting context about myself reveal over time. So to some people, I might describe myself as a leadership coach, as someone who supports people on their divine mission path. Um, To other people, I might describe myself more like a writer and someone who's um, committed to to telling stories of, of truth and love. To other people, I might just kind of joke and say, God's my boss and I'm, I have, I'm just getting my orders every day and doing my best to fulfill them. Um, and to other people, yeah, I might say something more like, you know, I'm a, I'm a human being who's committed to doing my part to make the world a better place by doing the inner work, you know, understanding that the outer change is created by everything going on inside and in here. Dude, I love that so much. And there were two things that stood out. So one, being misunderstood. And then two, God is my boss. Because I know you have a course that's named that, correct? 
Yes. So, of course, already an early promo, but I think it's more in the sense of that's the topic of our conversation today. You know, like God is my boss, God led marketing, coming from the heart of not just like fear based, scarce marketing promotions, trying to take advantage of people, force people, convince people. So, for someone who's just tuning in, like, how do you even describe? If someone's never heard of what God-led marketing is, or God is my boss, how would you describe that? Mm. So God is my boss is a phrase that began to emerge for me at a time when I was getting a bit of a divine rewind. Like God was was having me look at the past season of my life and see more of what had created the results of the positive things that were occurring in my life. Because it was a time when I was really activating spiritually on a deeper level. I was really starting to understand metaphysics on a deeper level and universal law and understanding, okay, everything outside of me is a reflection of what's happening inside of me. I can only control myself. Um, you know, really integrating those, those core truths about the energetic nature of reality and even understanding subconscious reprogramming and okay the stories as i know that you beautifully work with people on these con- contracted limited stories of subconsciously who we think we are or what's going to happen that influence our capacity to show up influence what we create what we experience i was getting very deeply into that and using it in my work using it to support people on their divine mission path and what i was brought to was this, it was like this light was shown down the timeline of my life back to this key moment where I had said a true surrender prayer to God. And for people who are already like question mark asterisk on the word God, um, I'm with you. I was raised super Catholic in a way that was very traumatizing for the sensitive, innocent aspects of, of my being. And for a long time, the word God just brought up massive trigger for me. It was like blackout. I'm not even here anymore. Not um, really not feeling resonant with that, not feeling safe in that context. And over, over time, which we may talk about, I've come to reclaim that word through my experience. And so going back to the timeline, flashlight moment, God was shining this light on this moment that I had said a true surrender prayer where I had really from the depth of my being said, my will to thy will. God, I I give my life to you. Do with me as you will. And for those who are part of the 12-step tradition, you may be familiar with the third step prayer, which is what I said, um, which is all about my will to thy will. And specifically, it's about God, guide me in and take away my difficulties so that the results that are created in my life can show other people the truth, can show other people what's possible. And in that moment, when I was brought back to that reminder of that prayer being what catalyzed this whole new season of life where I did start to learn about universal law and I did start to learn about subconscious reprogramming and I did have these deep new perspectives open up about what was really going on on earth and what my part was, All of that started from that moment, from that moment of opening my consciousness to something bigger than me and saying that I was willing to be guided after many years of being contracted and and doing it on my own. 
And so I sort of looked back and found that I was already in the employ of the, the most high and living my life in that intuitive guided way. And there's, there's so many ways I could describe what, it, what God is my boss means. But ultimately, it's this understanding that we're one little stream of consciousness connected to the all. And it's a posture of divine co-creation. It's a posture of I'm not just running my own show by myself with my own little limited power and perspective. I'm co-creating. I'm saying every day I'm willing to be guided, which means simultaneously I'm willing to have everything fall apart and I'm willing to have things be better than I could ever imagine. Um, and, and that posture of day-to-day relationship and developing an understanding of an internal guidance system that goes beyond the logic of the external world and all of that we've been taught is the correct way to be. That's another key aspect of this. And it's, it is this willingness, it's this openness to say, I'm here to create my dreams, I'm here to follow my passions and that divine seed of creativity within me. And I'm here to serve, I'm here to be continually shown what my work is and to do it to the best of my ability. Dang, that's so good. Um, just letting that simmer for a moment. That was beautifully expressed and, and painted. Um, there's something you said that really stood out to me of, and I saw you smile and smirk. It was when you said, I'm willing to let everything fall apart. And I'm also willing to let everything go better than I can imagine. But that's, I think that's where we get stuck. Like we're one of the places we can get stuck, right? Of like, well, if it really is, you know, if my will is the divine will, then I am willing to like let everything I know go differently than I think it should go, even if it looks like I'm going into a complete obliteration. And that's, you know, where fear steps in into the human mind and the ego of like, no, don't do that. Like destruction, death, pain please avoid (laughs) abort. Um, What I'm curious, what happened after this moment? And it may not be a big moment. Maybe it's a string of events, occurrences. But I feel like usually you get a mix of those things of like everything falls apart, but then everything comes together. So what happened after you said that prayer? It was such significant divine demolition. It was the experience that showed me the truth of like really the the metaphysical metaphysical mechanics of what happens when we say I'm ready to be realigned because most of us are you know we we're on our path and then the, the whole thing is our path even the things that we think are straying away are also our path and their data collection and their experience um but you know, for us to be living in this more harmonious alignment with our highest self, with the highest divine design of our lives, often if we haven't been consciously doing that, there is quite a a recalibration that needs to happen. And I said that prayer and within weeks, my life, it was like full tower moment, just bombs going off in every key area of life. Um, I was, this was actually right when I knew that I wasn't supposed to be working for anyone else, I had this intuitive sense of I'm supposed to be my own boss. God's supposed to be my boss. And I had kind of been cheating the 
the intuition or finding a loophole because I was basically functionally an employee in someone else's startup, but I was a contractor. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I'm, you know, I'm a collaborative contractor on this project, <laughs> not the, you know, employee at the beck and call of someone else. Um, but really I was the key distinction there was less who I was working for and more was I putting most of my time and energy into birthing my visions and and sharing my gifts rather than creating someone else's dream and vision. And so very quickly, a job that was one of the best jobs that I had ever had at that point, I felt really respected. I felt like I was really in alignment in my service. Some real shady stuff was revealed and I had to, I had one of these big ethical moments of I have to decide to walk out on this thing where there's so much, there was carrot and stick. It was the carrot of, we'll give you all this money if you don't go. And, you know, we really need you and you're so amazing. And, you know, you're going to regret this and, you know, no one's ever going to want to work with you again. And, you know, that, that the angel and the devil on both shoulders pushing and pulling and, and I walked away from it. I, I, I really feel like I passed the test there and, but I walked away having no income you know, basically no idea of how I was going to provide for myself in New York City. Um, And then within a couple of months, I also felt like I was meant to end a long-term relationship that I had been in for three and a half plus years. And honestly, within a couple of months, it was like my whole social circle was different. My work was starting to change. And then it began this there, there was a settling in on the rock bottom, not from a place of like self pity or collapsing but from a place of having to get comfortable in the nothingness and find my worth and find my connection with God there so then I could be rebuilt in a more aligned way um and then within a couple of months those those bigger clues and those bigger god drops started to happen of you know this conversation and this new client or this person who wants to hire me for this thing that I didn't think people would hire me for and, you know, just following it step by step. And what I've come to learn now is that 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 was a very significant realignment moment. And it's also a cycle that repeats itself in terms of reaching the culmination of one chapter of life, one form of service, and then needing to be stripped of how we've identified ourselves, how we've been moving in our lives. And, um, and be reset for for what's next. Dang, dude. Yes. So, yeah, a lot of the audience, listeners, community here are very much like me and you. Makes sense, <laughs> you know, of like attracting like. Um, as far as like, you know, big dreams have these gifts that we may know what they are. Maybe we're subconsciously hiding them from ourselves because we're too, you know, afraid to step into them. Whatever the main reason may be, of like why we're not fully embodying that and claiming that. Um, and you said something that, like, I mean, there's a couple things, but really, what I want to hone in on is this feeling of how do I know if some? Because okay, how am I trying to phrase this? Like. Because you talk about things coming to an end, right? These periods of things coming to an end. And I feel like a lot of people listening probably like are there, but at the same time, they're not claiming the new beginning in a way. 
But what I'm getting to is this point of where people, we get stuck in our heads because it's like, like, is this the way? Like they're stuck in their heads of like, is this the thing I should be doing or not? Right. But they never fully go in because this fear of failure, disappointment, rejection, whatever. And so we never fully find out if that was meant for us or not. And so we stay in this limbo. I'm curious with your experience here of all the people you've led in, in your own life. Like, what is the balance of like, okay, I need to like experiment and feel this, even though it's not fully, it might not be my whole life or even just a few years, but I just feel like people lack the going all in and the full surrender. And then you'll find out if that thing was meant for you or not. Mm. Yeah, that's it's a really powerful question. And God bless my feline companion for <laughs> joining us here for those who are on video. Mm-hmm. Um I I feel like it's we do end up sus- suspended between two worlds, and it's often a balance between the energy it's like our relationship with the old and the new because in some cases there's the what we're being called to do is to is to show up to do the new to yes. put the website up put something up online have a conversation with someone you know create something create a container for new energy to flow into like wake up and do your meditation practice or do whatever your creative practice is your alignment practice and begin to show up as a new person before you have the results of what that is going to look like. And sometimes I, I see on the flip side that where the work is, is still in letting go a bit more of the old. And where we still have, I always see if you are familiar with the story, Gulliver's Travels, where Gulliver ends up on um on some island and all these these little people tie him down with these tiny little strings but they're like huge strings to the little people but it's many 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 it's not like just like they tie him down in one place it's many different tiny little strings that keep him in in place and the cumulative effect of that is what keeps him stuck and tied down to the ground and I, I often see our attachment to the past like that where it's like snipping <laughs> each little thing and it can be inner and outer, right? It can be, you know, you still have a physical reality that's representing an old version of you. Like you've still got your, all the the outfits that you were wearing in this old season of life, or you're still relating to the people in your life as if you're not some new version of yourself. So there's, it can feel overwhelming, but I, from one perspective, but I feel like it's such a creative undertaking of this like simultaneous composting it's like moving into a new house where you're or you're or planting a new garden you're composting you're cleaning out the old you're recycling the energy so that it can be used for the new um and and you're setting up the new bit by bit but i i do see it as this alchemical energetic process where each n- new level of the past that you let go of you get this energy to build something new. And for some people, especially when we talk about divine mission, that can be you know, as simple or as big as someone reaching out to you and saying, hey, we'd love to hire you to do this thing. That's the thing you used to do. And you're going to say no to them, or you might say no to them. You could choose to say no to them. And as an act of 
anchoring in that you're in a new experience. And there's subtlety here because I'm also, I, I do believe in people having the grace and dignity and, and space to transition, to have a process of moving from one stage to another um, and to, to find that balance between completely cutting off the old and also you know, making sure that you're receiving the energy and the resources from the old to make the new so that it's not just I just cut off everything in my entire like business and work and the way that I used to be and no more friends and like just this full cutoff. You know, sometimes that is what occurs for people, but in in many cases it's more of this dance where you're attending to both sides. And as I always say, in the longest, shortest time, <laughs> you're in a different place. In the longest, shortest time? Yeah, the longest, shortest time. Because it's this <laughs> feeling of like, uh, an hour can be so long, but it's also short. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's a time where you'll look back and you'll be like, oh, whoa, even if it was a couple of years, even if it was a couple of months, in the grand scheme of your life, it was just one, one season of, of shift. But while you were in it, there were parts of you that wondered if you would ever be out of it. Yeah, and you said a couple of things that, or you said a couple of things that resonate and they're similar that I just want to highlight where you mentioned like saying no to like the old you and where you had, you know, this job that you're about to leave and they have the carrot and the stick, you know, the angel and the devil on both shoulders. And I remember a client I worked with, he was so scared to, to leave this job. Um, but he felt so called to do this thing. And he was financially set m- more than most people, you know? But of course, it's like we all have our own individual fear that we have to dance with. And when he decided like, to finally go all in and do it, like, um, and there was this divine destruction, which I also love that word, or divine demolition. And he had lost this. He had been laid off from the, his tech job just because, you know, there's so many tech layoffs going on for the past year or two. And he said that he wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for that. Like he probably wouldn't have left, but he was interviewing for other jobs. And when he finally decided to go after his own dream, that he told this interviewee or interviewer that he was going to, you know, turn down the position, but hey, thank you so much. And then the interviewer was just like, you're making the biggest mistake of your life, you know, and was definitely like, you're going to regret this. Like, I'll make sure you like pretty like obviously they were triggered and like using so much fear and insecurity of like taking it personally that they're saying no to them because it was you know yeah. such a great job. Um, but I wanted to bring that up because as soon as he you know stayed strong and practiced his courage through that moment, he you know got this huge. I f- forgot exactly what it was, but I think it was like signing a client of like literally hours after he said no to that person. And it's the similar thing that you're mentioning, right? It's like, it's that same thing of like, but this is so known and so comfortable. I know I can do it, but it's not aligned with me anymore. And, but then it's like, how I look at it is like, every, like every step of like courage is met with an equal amount of fear. Mm -hmm. And if it's just like, it's almost like the energetic polarity of our world, right? Like how we're talking about angel and devil is like, it's like cause and effect. 
Like if I drop something in the water, it's going to splash. And I feel like that's almost like the splash of like, you're going to have to face something like that. Whether you want to call it a test, an opportunity, just pure physics. I feel like there's something like that we need to face. And I just feel like that was important to mention for people um, to be aware of. Completely. So, and and the flip side of that is really, or our complement to that is the logic of the metaphysics of it. And if people can get anchored in that and see, whoa, like get in that observer perspective of this test is coming up. My worst fears are coming out of someone else's mouth. So this doesn't mean that everything's going to be worse than ever. It actually means that if I can stay in my Jedi level awareness and simply make a values-based choice and not give in to the fear, then there is a payoff coming for me because I'm calibrating my new frequency. And that could sound a bit esoteric or sort of magical to people. The way that I feel it is it's very, very logical. It's like you're tuning your radio station to a different energy and the fear voices are like, no, come back to this lower frequency, you know, tune back to us. And if you can hold the line, which doesn't mean your nervous system's not going to be freaking out, right? But if you can keep yourself from moving and taking action based on the fear, then you've communicated that there's a different, it's like your cause is going to create a different effect. And I do think we we reach moments increasingly these days where there is that understanding of life is long and life is short. And what are you going to do with your time? And yes, something is comfortable, perhaps. And also something more is calling to you. And developing that, I see what you're doing with folks is, is like this creating resiliency with fear, right? This sort of courage muscle of the fear is still going to come up, but can you move with it and dance with it so that you can keep creating what actually you're, you're here to create? Yes, exactly. And I feel like that's a perfect transition into the frequency of marketing. Mm. Of, And this sounds so cheesy, but as much as I've like realize this again and again, like the best marketing strategy is just being yourself, which is just so overly simple, right? Like you grow up, be yourself, you know, it's like, well, it's like, we often don't know what that is. So we have to go on this journey to figure out what that really even means. Um, But what are your thoughts on, I mean, we've kind of already talked about it, but yeah, just like using that radio station example again, from your experience of how we, market or how we sell, how we visibly and energetically put ourselves into the world. And I remember you saying something one time of, I forgot what it was. It was like, maybe I'll remember it was a saying that you've said, oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Maybe I'll, I'll remember, but go ahead and feel what you, or express what you feel with that. Hmm. About marketing and being yourself. Yeah, and just like the frequency of in which you step into as much as like, you know, the courage and making new decisions, new habits, your life is going to respond in the same way you choose to market your offerings, your services, your products. That is, you know, what ripples that going to have. 
Yeah, it's to me, it's this very fundamental metaphysical understanding of what we put out is what we get. And anytime we go for a kind of logic or like mental override of our heart or our, or our, our energetic alignment, our soul, we're going to pay the price. And some of us need to have that experience where you market something and you share it and you share it in the way that you were taught to share it by some marketing guru and you hit people's pain points and you know and you have some great effective launch and you're super tired afterwards or whatever you know there's different things in different industries if you if you're overly focused on a certain outcome as a marker of success of like okay if i hit this number if i'm making this much money if i have this many people in my programs or buying my product or whatever it is then that's a recipe for a, a karmic boomerang of some kind where the misaligned energy is going to come back around again. And when we choose to be ourselves and we choose to do the good work of helping people see if our work is for them, then we end up in an ecosystem that's much more self-sustaining because people have come in under the correct pretenses. They have come in not motivated predominantly by fear, even though fear is present. You know, I've certainly purchased things that have felt in alignment where I'm like, if I don't get this EMF blocking hat for when I go, <laughs> when I come down the mountain and go into the grocery store, and I do have this EMF blocking hat that I love. It doesn't look like a tinfoil hat, at least on the outside. Um, you know, there's a part of me that's that's like, I don't want to deal with the consequences of, of not taking care of, of my vessel. But you could also see that in, as an expression of love, right? I want to take care of myself. Um, I, want to have, I, I want to feel most at peace in my being and be you know, most optimized in that way. But if you bring people in with like a, a fear hook and that's the primary energy, then... That's the energy that's going to be circulating in the space. And to me, it's this balance of like, there is technical work to be done to, you know, even create a funnel or create advertising or, you know, really design a process that brings people into making a purchase with you, but doing it in a way that's empathetic and that's true to who you really are and where the primary goal is not getting the sale, but it's helping the people who this is for know that it's for them. Damn, dude, that's so good right there. The primary goal is not getting the sale, but it's making sure the people know who it's supposed to be for that it's for them. And you just reminded me of what you said. I can't remember the words exactly, but what do you say about selling? Like it's the... Do you know what I'm trying to... Answering a prayer? Yes. So what is that again? So selling or, or business in general, for me, the way that, that I think about it is that it's the act of answering prayers. It's value exchange on the purest level, right? And we've all had experiences of business that aren't that, that are about sell this kind of not super helpful thing under false pretenses, <laughs> get the money, right? That type of, of interaction. But on the higher plane, the higher reality, it's there really is a divine law of of commerce and exchange 
where we all have gifts to give. We all need things. We're all symbiotically co-creating and interacting. And at its best, what we sell people should be an answer to a prayer. It should be like, oh, thank God I found this. Mm. I'm so this is, and maybe it's thank God I found it because it's giving me relief or it's giving me a sense of security or it's dealing with, you know, an issue in my life that I didn't even, it was almost too hard to acknowledge that I had because I didn't know that there would be an answer. Or maybe it's, you know, I'm I'm looking at the the flowers that we we have in our home and it's like that's an answered prayer when when we go and we get the perfect flowers for for the week in our home and it brings beauty and it brings a sense of peace and a sense of care to the space you know there's all kinds of of prayers and to me that's when exchange of money becomes very neutral because it's just like value was given and so value will be received and if you can sink into that and know and truly feel the value of what you're providing whether you're mowing someone's lawn or selling them a coaching package or you know doing doing whatever if you really know the value of it then there can be a lot of peace in not worrying is someone going to want to buy it what if they don't want to buy it and becoming clearer and clearer on who you're for and I think it's sort of like a rote marketing trope in some ways to make on a sales page to say, this is for you if. I think that this is not for you if is equally important, if not more, because it it helps people know if you really know them. Mm. If you're really the person to to be collaborating with or to be receiving from. Yeah, dude, that is so powerful. And when you said, like, you know, being an answer to someone's prayer and like, thank God I found this, like that just like hit my heart. I was like, oh, like that is such a different thing, like a different frequency, a different feeling, a different approach. You know, it's coming from love. And it's like, I've definitely, one major switch I've made recently in the last year is treating my business as an ecosystem, which you mentioned, instead of a business. And there's nothing wrong with doing business. It's all like words and how you relate to the frequencies. But it's just because you mentioned this, like we have been trained. Like I remember listening to, do you know who like Kevin O'Connor is? No, Kevin O'Leary. Kevin O'Leary, I think is his name. Mm -hmm. He's on Shark Tank. Yep. And I remember him saying, I can still see him saying this, right? Is like, like the primary function of a business is to make money. And and that's, you know, as capitalism, that's the primary American or Western Western system, you know, is to, like that literally is the purpose of a business. And so we're creating things to make money instead of to be of service. It doesn't mean that you can't make money. And I think that's probably the, the next natural part of this conversation too is like, well, we step into our gifts, you know, we launch the coaching package, we do the book, we do the podcast, whatever. we our music, the create the creation, but now we feel icky about money, right? Because we've said money is evil or money is prideful, wanting money is not spiritual, whatever the thing that comes up. And so what what do you feel like is the natural because everything is so nuanced in this conversation, right? It doesn't mean that, okay, doing a funnel is bad because business people do, you know, taking advantage of people with funnels is purely wrong. It's like, no. You can still do a funnel, but in your way, you know, from the heart, from an aligned place. 
Um, so what do you feel like when if people you know are in that stuck place with charging for money, they know they're really good at what they do, like what would you say to them? Hmm. I love that line about or the point that you made about business and the primary function being to make money. I would say the primary function is to provide value and money is a marker of the health of the organization because it's an indicator of if you're in right relationship of the giving and the receiving. If you're giving a lot, but you're not making very much money, then that's a problem. Mm. If you're not giving that much and there isn't a lot of value being created, but there's a lot of money coming in, then that's also mm. you know an imbalance in the other way. And what I always say to people when it comes to talking about money and, and money blocks and things like that is there's definitely a perspective that just goes right to like money is energy and like just love it and 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 let yourself receive and and I also believe that and I do think that in some ways the desire for money is literally just a desire to survive and that's very legit you want to stay alive you want to create and there's this way of circulating energy that's been established on earth and that way is incredibly distorted and for sensitive beings you know that. You know that your bank is doing shady stuff. You know, even if you don't know, you, my friend and I always joke about gnowing, like gnosis with a G, which is about that embodied knowing, like you can know it in your being. <laughs> Something's off here. And it's not just that you didn't have enough money or that rich people were bad when you were a kid or you have whatever block you have. There's a sense of like the system I'm in is, is not fully aligned. The dollar not backed by anything for 50 plus years at this point. It's illusory. It's printed by a private institution. Lots of people are in control of that. And the average person has very little say in what's going on there. And there's also been a real devaluation of certain kinds of labor. You know, there's certain things that are valued a lot more and certain things that are deeply underpaid in terms like I think about someone who watches someone's kids and the going rate for that obviously there's soup you know there's like luxury nannies and things like that who are more well compensated but in general childcare think about the value provided by that keeping these beautiful angels alive and you know shaping their minds and and guiding their souls and and being a primary influence on them, that's a high value activity. And then what's received for that is is incorrect, right? It's not enough. I agree. If you were to look at it energetically in that way. Um, so I always like to acknowledge people in their money <laughs> weirdness because it's it's a strange thing to be interacting with. And it really, to me, is emblematic of pretty much everything on earth right now, which is that we know that there's a better, higher system, but we're not there yet. So we're in the old, being the new, seeing what parts of us are still kind of hooked in the old. And, and I would say that simply you deserve to receive for your work. If you're sharing, you deserve to receive. And it is an art form to create, as you said, the ecosystem that works for you. Because there's many, many, many different business models. Right? There's business models where you set up something that's not your primary contribution public facing, but there's a way that you're making money 
that provides for you so that you can be an artist and you can not charge anything for the art that you're making. And then there's other models where you're charging a lot for the art that you're making because it's worth it because you're putting a lot of time and energy into it. So it's there. Once we get to this place of being willing to receive and also being willing to give and be in that balance, then we get into the the more nitty gritty design of what your ecosystem is meant to be based on your gifts and you know what you're meant to be doing. Yeah, that beautifully said once again. And it's like, I like how you said it's unique, right? Like, and that's part of the resistance we face and the issues is that we follow someone else's because there's all these books, right? Of like, you do it this exact way, I promise you'll be successful. Maybe, because like maybe it works for you. But maybe it's not because it's not meant for you. Maybe it's not aligned with your heart the way to do it. And so we take it personally. It's like, why am I not successful? What am I doing wrong? Why, why, why? It's like you have everybody has their own unique version. And like, you know, that's part of the purpose, I believe, of like being God led, you know, being led by the divine. So you because we all have our unique way to be in that alignment. And when you were talking about money, it brought back the point you said earlier about um when we're talking about marketing and like, I need this many people to sign up. A lot of people are coaches, healers in this world, in this community. And so, I mean, speaking from personal experience, right, is like, it's definitely like we put this arbitrary number on this thing. It's like, okay, I need 20 people, 30 people, 100 people, five people, like whatever it is, you know? Um, and so I'm curious how, because you said you deserve to make money for the, you know, your gifts and the energy you're giving. And that was so plain and so strong and simple. And I felt that energy and I hope everyone else heard that because it's true. So how would you suggest people approach the, yes, I deserve, I am worthy of that income. And how do I now approach selling versus I need this many to be successful. I need this much to be safe. I need this much to feel enough. How would you, if you're coaching someone, how would you approach that differently? It's a great question. What I would say is I I always take people to the difference between the form and the essence. So the essence of your desire and your dream I would have people, I have people focus on that where it's like, okay, you want to be making a certain amount of money some way on this earth. And there's a reasonable amount for you to be receiving. And you can literally have whatever you want if you're willing to believe that it's possible and to trust in how it's going to unfold. So not tying your worthiness or the possibility of your dream to a specific moment or a specific way of creating that. Because we go, okay, I want to make $100,000. I want to make $5,000. And so this is the way I'm going to do it. I'm going to make this program and I'm going to get this many people into it, or I'm going to have this sale. I'm going to sell all these cupcakes or whatever it is that you're selling. <laughs> I always like to break the, the the mold of the... I love it. You know, the just the personal development industry, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Um, you know, you're, you, you decide in your mind, this is my plan. And 
that is where we start to grasp and control. And it gets even gnarlier when we're like, this person should be in my program or this person should be my client or this person at my cake shop should buy my best cake right now. Buy my fucking cupcakes. Buy my cupcakes. (laughs) You need them. You need them. They're going to change your life. Um, And when we start to to grasp and control in that way, to me, that's where it's like what we need to hold on to is our worthiness, is this is a desire that's been given to me. So one, God, if it is not the highest timeline for me to have this desire to make this much money to or in this way, maybe God wants you to make more money, whatever it is, surrendering the desire, saying, take this desire for me if it's not for my highest good. But if the desire stays, show me what the divine plan for its fruition is. And this is this will test you again and again because you may let it go and then all of a sudden you get this idea and you know a potential client comes in or a potential cake customer comes in and you know maybe you've been waiting all day at your cupcake shop and then someone walks in and you're like this is it this is my guy he's the one who's going to do the big sale and you still if you collapse into that and you're grasping he's not going to be your guy right and and also energetically, it is this self-worth thing of do we actually want to be living a life where we're relating to people so transactionally and like frankly in a manipulative way, saying, I know what's better best for this person. They should do this thing. Is that the pretext, you know, if if intention and, and the beginning of something is what bears fruit, how's that relationship gonna go long term? It's like showing up at a job interview and being like, I promise I'm the perfect person for the job rather than being yourself or showing up on a date and trying to be who you think the other person wants you to be, but kind of yourself, but kind of calibrating as well. That misalignment is going to come back around again. Um, so what I what I counsel people on and what I do my best to live as well is, is holding these goals like fiercely and developing that faith of feeling like it's done. This amount of recurring revenue, this amount of service, this many lives impacted, it's done. So now God show me how it's going to happen. And when we start to get into fear, contraction, manipulation, knowing it's probably not the path. Let me let me come back <laughs> and come back to center here and wait for for deeper guidance again. Because when we start to grasp and control, We're coming from the place of, I don't know if this is going to happen. I have to make it happen. And this doesn't mean we don't do anything, but it does mean that we, what we do, we do it with trust and with faith and with non-attachment. Yeah. What you said about not holding on to the goal, but holding on to the worth, that struck me. I've never heard it in that way, which is just so good. And I wanted to say that again, so it lands that way. And what you just said is about, it's not about doing the work. And personally, this is where I've got stuck. And this is where I've swung the pendulum. Like, I'm going to work so hard that it's just like, there's this undeniable. And then I was like, I'm just not going to do anything and just surrender. You know, like, it's all in God's plan. But it's this fine line for me personally, at least. And I feel like the people I've talked to and coached and counseled is like, we get stuck in either or 
And it's really hard to give your all to something and then surrender the outcome. That, at least in a human form, for I imagine a lot of us speaking for myself, that feels very difficult. That's a story that I have, I'll be honest, of like giving, like, how can I truly commit, give my all, do all the work that I feel called to do in this desire? But then if it doesn't work out, it's all for nothing. If I work hard, it means, and it doesn't happen, it means I'm worthless. So you already kind of talked to that a, a little bit. But for me and other people who are kind of, yeah, but like, what if? Or, and a lot of us have evidence that it hasn't happened. You know, we work so hard and then it doesn't happen. And you kind of already talked about, you know, releasing the de- desire and saying that prayer. And maybe nothing else needs to be said, but do you have any other thoughts on that? I appreciate you speaking to that because there's a real human reality to like the, the stress or what's at stake survival on, on many different levels. And I, I get that. You know, I grew up in a one bedroom apartment with five other people in New York City. I was in the program of, I was, I was in a, a very contracted space of kind of like down with the system type activism for my early years and being in a place where I feel worthy and able to receive was a journey. It's an ongoing journey. Um, So I really, I get the reality that people are navigating. And there's, there's two things coming through. One is people's unique divine design. Some people are designed to be like, I know this amazing intuitive in the UK who's like an old British grandma she just has a phone number. She does not have social media. It's just like, you should go talk to Dot. And so, you know, people text each other, Dot, can you, <laughs> and, and she calls you and she's like, what's up, love? And, and tells you what's going on or you know, does her, her little psychic reading. And then you mail her cash. And I have this vision of Dot in some little cottage just every day, like going out to this mailbox <laughs> that's just constantly getting filled with cash because she picks up the phone and she's available to do her service, mm. right? That's a very, that's one side of the spectrum is this like hyper inflow, trusting the divine design. And it's beautiful to see that. And I, I actually, I know other people who run their businesses in that way as well, where they just, they pick up the phone, God brings them the people that they're meant to speak with and you know, they trust that it's it's coming back to them. For other people, and I will say for those people, they're perhaps in a lesson in this life about letting go, about receiving in that particular way. Others of us are here to learn how to build. We're here to learn some deeper lessons in leadership at scale, in having a community, in really serving the collective in a particular way. And so this is part of the divine design of some of us are like we're we bang our heads up against the wall or something doesn't work because we're still you know we are that archetypal inventor who's like the light bulb didn't work for the 900th time, try it again, you know, and and being in the artistry of finding what's really going to work and 
so that feels like a, a piece of it is knowing that we're all in this exploratory journey of the form our service is meant to take. And then I'll also say that there is a higher metaphysical perspective that nothing is lost, that the energy that you put in will come back to you if you command it back. If you say, I created this whole thing and no one signed up or like I served this person and then they bounced and didn't, you know, finish their payments or I made all these cakes and no one bought them or whatever it is, the energy is available to be recycled and repurposed and we can we can call it back. We can say all that is mine and this is a line from Florence Scobelshin if people are familiar with her work. She was a early 1900s metaphysician. She wrote The Game of Life and How to Play It and she talks about divine law in a really very powerful way where and she says there's no loss in the divine mind. Call it back. All that is mine by divine right comes to me now. And that is a very magical and mystical way of living where you have to take that wider view of maybe I put all this energy into this thing and it's going to come back in a completely unexpected way. Maybe through this business, maybe through something else. Um, and and developing that faith-based capacity to stay open to how the energy is going to come back, I feel is very powerful. And the last thing I'll say here is Napoleon Hill talks about in every failure, there's a seed of equivalent success, right? So if we have a failure, something doesn't go the way we think it's supposed to, how do we take that seed, that energy out of it and be in trust that something good is coming from it? Because if we don't think something's good is coming from it, it's not going to come because we're going to be in that self-fulfilling prophecy of everything's falling apart. So that's that the posture of staying open to life, which is the great challenge and the great opportunity. Dane, dude, this is so good. Like, so before we started recording, I mean, and just reference for people, I think, Aaron, how many times have we rescheduled this combo? Like, three this times? is our, this is at least our third time that was on the calendar. <laughs> so, but it's really cool, dude. Like, honestly, I feel like we've been feeding this conversation, this, um, creation, you know, to come forth. And it's so cool. I mean, just to give people the divine, some evidence of divine proof, you know, today's the actual day. Like I'm launching like the early bird of my next group coaching program. And a lot of the things Aaron's saying have been like in my mind and, you know, soul in my heart. And like for you, it's just like confirmation, 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 and like saying it in new ways that like are lighting me up like I'm like tingly and activated um that's just and the last thing you said has been a recent knowing or learning for me of like that energy is never lost and because I definitely used to be someone who was like it need like like you said I have this idea here's how I get there here's the plan and if it doesn't work then what did I do wrong instead of like what I've learned, and I was actually writing this late at night as everyone was asleep in my house, of looking for all the ways that like the launch energy has actually benefited me. Like, even though it might not have achieved what my mind think it should have achieved, like I have this goal of this many people signing up, and I was, you know, looking in the past, 
I'm like, oh, but look at what came from that energy. Like one-on-one clients, one-off sessions, more quote-unquote followers in the community. You know, just like people signing up for free stuff because I was stepping into that energy, you know, and of that confidence. So like that energy wasn't lost. It actually created so much more. And now I'm actually wondering, yeah, like, oh, shoot, like what haven't I claimed? And so I'm definitely, I already said it silently. But after this conversation, I'm definitely going to say that, claim it. And that book, I've heard that book. It's the game of life and how to play it. Yep. Okay. Because I think that I feel like, I mean, I want to go check that out and other people can go check that out too. It's very, very, very powerful. And at first glance for someone who's been saturated in what I would consider kind of pop spirituality, new age manifestation parlance, (laughs) it may read as you can attract anything in your life. Like this is the secret, that kind of high level. Oh, like I've already heard this before, but there's a deeper embodiment in her work, also in Neville Goddard's that that is about respecting divine law. Because one of the things she says, which I really believe is that anything that's created out of just man's will is ill-got. It's ill-got gains. And there will be some rebalancing. Right. If you pull something into your reality, something's going to be pulled from you. But if you're in a state of let the divine design be done in my life, then there's this grace. And she always says, you know, affirm that it happens under grace in a perfect way. Because there's a lot of ways that it can happen, all kinds of ways that we could get as many, you know, people in that program as, as you want. But there's a perfect divine design to it of, that gives you that magical feeling of, oh my goodness, look at this group. Like I couldn't have imagined that this person and that person, and like, I thought it it was supposed to be this number, but actually it's this number and that allowed this connection to happen. Mm -hmm. And so-and-so had such a positive experience that they're recommending it to someone else who I also get to bless now. And it's like the ecosystem that gets to grow. And to me, this is also this deconditioning from a like Western capitalist hyper productivity short-term lens on things where it's like, okay, how much yield can I get from from this land as soon as possible? Rather than being like, oh damn, like the crop was a little smaller this year, but all the stuff that died, you know, the roots of the things that the deer ate, because I they couldn't keep them out of the the field for whatever reason, that's composting the the soil is getting more fertile, right? We're optimizing our systems. And there is this gradual growth of the ecosystem over time. And I will just put a little astrology nerd note on this, which is that for the last 18 months, almost since January of 2022, we've had the North Node in Taurus. And that medicine is all about the long game. It's all about if you go for the quick hit, the quick fix, there's going to be a cost to it. But if you till your field, if you work in the garden of your life in this more sustainable way, like that's when you start to have the fruits that that keep, you know, bearing and and nourishing you for for a long time. Mm, dude, this is so good. It's like, man, just so many things are ringing true, and it's like to simplify it, it really does go back to like fear and survival, right? Of course, it's like damn, my crops didn't yield. We're going to die. 
And that, that's what it feels like. I mean, that's, you know, what we're conditioned to feel like, but it's not truly true, even, you know, like back to that Napoleon Hill quote of like those failures, like whatever those crops the deer ate, you know, it's, it's, you know, now fertilizing the soil. Same thing with us, right? So how's it like fertilizing our soil? And it's just, it's a much more enjoyable, peaceful way to look at things, you know, like as a whole. And have you, have you read the book? It's, it's called Only Fear Dies. No. The premise of it, right, is like, because fear is there to prevent death, whether it's an identity, a story, a habit, a way of life, a job, relationship, whatever, right? There to prevent that from happening because it feels like death to us. But it's just like, well, actually the only thing that dies is fear. Yeah. Once you surrender. And that, we could get so metaphysical about that in terms of just the nature of this reality yes. and all that falls away is the illusion of the fear the illusion of the duality the illusion of the limitation and what we get is that deeper remembrance of the eternal beings that we are who are having a very convincing experience of loss and death and struggle (laughs) on this planet but we're here to wake up to the power that exists beyond this realm that we can call into this realm through us Mm. Aaron I mean yeah, I, I mean, this is, I had a feeling. I mean, I already knew that this is going to, I'm happy I, I'm actually going to go to, have you been to Austin before? I have. Have you been to Barton Springs? I, I, I lived in, in Austin for uh, oh. a, a brief, a brief stint of time. And Barton Springs was my, it was my daily baptism for, yeah. for a period of time. I totally forgot for a moment. That's where Aaron and I first met in person. Well, not at Barton, but in Austin. So I was like, my second favorite place that you shop. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, that's where I'm going after this. And so I feel like it's a perfect, yeah, like baptism and cleanse of the old and to like truly soak in all of this, Mm -hmm. like embody it and to integrate it um, and to choose differently. Because what you said, even about there, there is a cost. And sometimes I haven't wanted to believe that, you know, that there is, always like this cause and effect kind of like because we're told like you can make anything happen which is true but you look at some people and it doesn't mean that money is wrong or money is evil or you know rich people or take advantage like of course there are some true scenarios like that um but i guess what we see are people who are you know foregoing and sacrificing themselves in order to to get something that they feel like is going to be the answer um but it's like it doesn't have to be that way and like you said we're in this um what's the word it's like a like we know this isn't the way but we're still in the way and so we're in this awkward place and yeah we're like bridging from old to new yeah so it's like awkward right and like what i've kind of said to myself is like we're figuring out a new way to do business, but it's not really the new way, right? It's the original way, which you're talking about like farming, like earth, like um, like those type of things are like the actual like truth. Like, because it goes back to the illusion of what like falls away. So 
all of what you've said has deeply landed. Is there anything else like if you tap in mm. at all, related, unrelated, anything coming through to share? Yes. There's this phrase from Florence who I've been really, I've been having a Florence renaissance lately. Where a she Florenaissance? Says, yeah. <laughs> where she says, God is my supply. And that reminder that we're all conduits for this universal energy. And so even when someone, and I can't wait to see who's going to sign up for your program, you know, when those people sign up and they pay, it's like blessing them for playing this role in your life and also saying, thank you, God, for sending me resources through this person. Um, and and being in that place where it's, we're not taking things as, we're not taking the human interaction as personally and we're in that deeper trust because that's where we can subconsciously think, this person's my savior or these people are my savior. <laughs> Yeah. They're all going to sign up and I'm going to have what I need and I'm going to yeah. feel more safe and secure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to buy my cupcakes and like, thank <laughs> God, you know, not even thank God, but like, you know, my customers. And, you know, we do this in relationships where we cling yes. to the people that we love. And there's a very subtle but distinct balance between being able to share and being connection and gratitude and relationship with people and to know that they are what's flowing through them that's blessing us comes from the one true source. God is supply. Yeah. Mm. And what you just said, I can't wait to see who signs up is such a different energy of like, what if no one signs up? Yeah. So another two locked in and it's 11, 11 central time. So let's Mm. go. (laughs) Let's go. And, And I will say a prayer that the divine design of, whoever's supposed to be in your program, you know, and seeing however many seats you're imagining, maybe there's like a couple folding chairs on the wall. You're like, maybe we'll need those seats. Maybe we won't, right? Whatever, or logs, wherever you're gathering people. Logs. <laughs> I, I do <laughs> um, I, I do this visualization where I, I imagine specifically group programs as like a place in nature or a specific location, right? Where it's like, okay, I'm, am I gathering people around the campfire? Are we on the beach somewhere? Are we in some beautiful cathedral? You know, where are we? And then seeing these spots and feeling yourself waiting there, like you're holding the container. And we can't wait to see who's going to be in resonance with this space. And we trust that the divine design of who it's supposed to be, it will be. And what's, you know, what's for you will be for you. And if it's not for you, no amount of marketing and funnels will make it so. And we're all still loved and enough, perfectly safe. All the yeah. things on both ends of that. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for that. Like, I feel that anchored. And seriously, dude, the timing of this for myself, and I know like through that, it's, you know, part of the medicine for everyone else too. Um, and in that vision, I saw, you must have said logs for a reason. Because I saw I was like, yeah, an opening. Mm, it's like a mix, maybe redwoods are just really big pines, but yeah, like, and then like this opening, it's like a circle, you know? And then these logs of, and I love how you said waiting, because that's how I've always kind of viewed it as like holding the space, right? And as leaders, that can be very, 
nerve-wracking to hold it. But that's part of what we're doing. You know, that's the whole that's purpose. That's the leadership. Of, exactly. It's like, I'm here. And I'm here when, if and when you're ready to have the experience we're going to have here. That's exactly what it is. You put words to the feeling. Yeah, I'm here if and when you're ready. Damn, son. Any other bars to drop or about cupcakes? Mm. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> I hope okay. someone's listening. I have a feeling probably someone is who owns or wants to create a bake shop or something. Please message us on Instagram if that's you, because that's just really cool. Yeah, for sure. Whenever I pull random metaphors like that, it's always there's someone in the field who's who's connected to it. And yeah, as I feel into this, I feel really complete. And the the last message that's coming through is just this reminder that each of us are so unique and we hear this all the time, but sometimes we, we need to be reminded that there's a role that only you can play. Like there's no such thing as market saturation if you're being yourself, because you may look around and say, oh, there's a million people doing this. A million people. There's already two cake shops in town. There's a bunch of bakeries in my town and I still want a different kind of bread that none of them are selling that I'm personally making in my own kitchen now, right? So there's a there's there's needs, there's specific needs, specific prayers that are meant to be answered specifically by you. And being in that trust, being in that trust of I wouldn't have been called to do this if there weren't a specific arena of service for me, even if functionally other people seem to be doing a similar thing. You know, there's a million therapists out there, but a lot of people go through a journey of figuring out which one is for them, right? Which is the person that they really want to work with. So your your uniqueness, which is just part of your being, you don't have to do anything to be it. It already is, um, is enough and is a huge part of what you're here to offer people. Dang, dude, that's so good too. Keep dropping these. Yeah, like I just wrote down, there's no such thing as market saturation, saturation when you're being yourself because that's such an illusion and a lie. You know, often what I've found, what that is, is like we're actually just afraid to be seen and like put ourselves out there. So we say it's a way to protect ourselves, but just for you to like demystify and debunk that like so quickly. I know so many people need to hear that. All right, Aaron, you sure? All right. I'm all, I'm all out of bars for now. <laughs> that was more than a 16. What, what is that Eminem song where he, Oh, I forgot what it's called, but it's like, I think it's the longest rap song. Like he mm. beat the Guinness um, world record. Uh, like how many bars he wrapped in a song. I feel like that's just like kind of what happened here. So thanks for dropping those bars and we'll drop, we'll drop the mic. The, yeah. The, the projector invitation to, to share my perspective and thank you for the, the work that you're doing and the space that you're holding for people. It's been really cool to see the way that your work has iterated and evolved and stayed the same while also <laughs> deepening and evolving over the last couple of years. Yeah, thank you. And just so people know, Aaron and I first connected in 2020, so over three years ago. What do you say, shortest, longest? Yeah, longest, shortest. Longest, shortest. Potato, potato. (laughs) 
And that's what it feels like. Because I remember I reached out to you when I first rebranded into the fear specifically. And it's just so, yeah, like what you said, like what has stayed the same, but also it's what's been reiterated and the beautiful journey. And yeah, just to speak to people who are waiting to get started for whatever reason. Um, and this is one of the things I've been thinking about, like leading up to our conversation, like, like we've definitely danced, like come in and out of, of each other's field, like a few different times over the few years. And like, it's just what you said, right? Like the if and when, like, and trusting that because like this conversation wouldn't have been the same before this. And so it's just really cool to be in the moment now and like, and into fruition. So thank you for holding that space and doing your thing and allowing me to, you know, learn alongside you. So freaking cool. Dude, life, life is dope. It really is. It's such a blessing. And as a, a final teaching point for folks listening, you know, if either of us had been like, dude, we got to make this podcast happen. And we had been like forcing it or having this idea of when it was supposed to happen, it would have colored the conversation, right? It would have put more preconceived notions on it. It maybe would have influenced the way that we flowed today. So, you know, by, by trusting that flow, we've allowed for, you know, the higher timeline of our co-creation here. Yes. Well, thank you, Aaron. I know you, you do have Instagram, but you're reimagining potentially, you know, what that world looks like for you. So if people want to come connect with you, jump in your world, what's the best way to do so? The best way to do so is on my website, which is aaronxrose.com. That's where my resources are, my writing, my programs. I'm actually off of social media now. I've, I've, closed that channel of um, sort of swifter, quicker consumed content creation. And I'm anchoring a, a bit of a different space now, which feels really good. So the place to do that is my website where people can also sign up for my email list, which is where a lot of the magic is happening these days. And if you're listening and you choose to connect, thanks so much. It's wonderful to be you know, weaving together in this way. I love that. Do you have like an email list or anything? Or I do. You... Yeah. Okay, yeah. Cool. So just AaronXRose.com, you'll see the the email list sign up. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Aaron. I mean, I know so many minds, hearts, souls were blown wide open in the best way today. And probably some divine demolition. So um, and that's always in love. Yeah. When it's divine. So yeah, just so much gratitude. This was amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Thank you.